Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is oh May 9th, 2019. I just lose time. I lose track of time sometimes. May 9th. I appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk. Every day we talk about it. We want to, you shape the show, you drive the, sh- the the discussion, I don't, whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Many people like to po- talk about individual stocks, so we'll talk about them. But we can talk about anything financial, anything financial. And of course, our goal is always the same, and it's for you and me, we all want to have financial freedom, we all want to reach that, whatever that means for you. And you know, it does mean different things for different people, but financial freedom to me means to decide what I want to do not what I have to do. And if I want to work, that's great. But I want to have that freedom to decide. And frankly, I do this because I love it. And I don't, you know, I'm at that point where I do, I can't, I do get to choose what I want to do. So I want you to be there too, wherever that is for you. Okay. So give me a call. Our number is 888-99-CHART. And we're going to try to, I'm going to try to help you get to that financial freedom goal. Whatever that is for you. Or anytime this online number is open, and again, the number is 888-99-CHART. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. So that means we're live right now. Now, on today's Invest Talk, the main talking point we're going to discuss, here's what will cause the next recession. And, you know, I mentioned this well, months ago, and I think we need to talk about it a little bit more. Um, it is going to be a problem, and we're going to talk about it today. Uh, and it, I can't, I'm not sure if it's a bubble, but it kind of feels like one and seems like one. And since nobody's talking about it, it might be one. So we're going to talk about it today. I also want to talk about a couple other things that's going on. First, um, um, we're going to talk about is saving more. We are all saving more according to some fidelity. We're all saving more. In this year, 2019, first quarter of 2019. So, is it going to be enough? Hmm. We'll see. Okay, and also, um, how the lessons the early retirees are teaching us. We want to talk about that. You know, when you retire early, what are some of the lessons that they had to go through? So, if you retire early... What are the lessons you have to go through? And have you have you been reading where there's a lot less primary care doctors around these days? More and more primary care doctors are no longer being primary care doctors. What is that all about? And can we do anything about it? So there's going to be what we're going to discuss. Of course, we're going to talk about the tariffs and the trade talks in China. But, you know, that's, that's the issue that's driving the volatility of the market. And so we'll talk about that as the show goes on. I'm maybe somewhat have a question about that. As you know, the market this week and this month has been down. Today, the Dow is down 138, the Nasdaq down 33, and the S&P down 9. 
So we've had a pretty volatile week, and the month is turning out to be pretty volatile as well. And I don't think you should expect it to stop. Now, volatility does not necessarily mean down volatility. We might have some up volatility, especially if there's any good news coming out of those China talks. Right now, there is no good news. But you know what? This seems to me, you know, posturing between China and us. We're both posturing. And that shouldn't take any of us by surprise. It really shouldn't. Okay? So that's what that's going on. It's precarious, this, this trade talk negotiation. It's precarious, but, you know, I don't think you need to worry about it. It's not going to, if let's say it fails, what happens? Well, we charge, we, uh, we're going to increase our tariffs on them. They're going to increase their tariffs on us. And most likely their tariffs will be on our farm produce products like it was the, when they first started. And, but it's going to hurt them a lot more than hurt us. I don't know how many of us individually will feel it. Uh, the farmers will, but you and me individually, I don't know if we'll feel it that much of a problem. So I'm, I don't, I really think the deal, I, I think the deal will get done one way or another because Trump wants to get it done. And I think China wants to get it done. It's to the benefit of both sides. Trump, because he wants to get reelected. Remember that's not that far down the road, and China because they they're very they're very focused on exports, and they make a lot of money with their exports. That's how they got wealthy. So they're not as reliant as they used to be, but they're still relying on exports. So they need it. Plus their economy has slowed down. So, so we're not going to worry about that too much. I don't think you should, even though the market may get a little bit excited. Have you seen the ten-year Treasury yield? Okay, um, investors have uh, ran to the 10-year treasury, driving the yield down to 2.448%, 2.448%. The two-year is 2.3%. Remember, you've got to keep an eye on inversion, where the 10-year yield will pay less than the two-year yield. If that happens, usually a recession is down, not that far away. And it's been squeezing. It got it separated a bit there for a few months, a couple of months. Now it's starting to squeeze a little bit. That's kind of something that we all should be watching carefully. Anyways, um, technology and the maturing of the internet have brought about lots of changes, and it you know it's changed the way we do business, and, it, and it's really going to continue to push the way we do business. So that you know, everybody, I'm getting a couple of calls or some emails about big box stores and should we be investing in them because they look so cheap? And uh, my answer is no. I think that's a value trap, meaning it's just, it just looks cheap, but with the competition, you know, from Amazon and other online retailers, the big box stores are suffering. Their sales are going down. That means their profits will soon follow. Driverless cars are going to be the thing of the future. They're coming. Electric-powered cars are becoming much more desirable options, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, and Amazon, of course, put the into the brick-and-mortar store, which I find interesting because Amazon's building stores. They pretty much put out, trying to put the brick-and-mortar stores out of business, and yet they are starting to build them. I'm not so sure that's a great idea for Amazon. We'll see. 
Uh, what else came out today? Oh, you saw Disney earnings, I'm sure. Disney earnings did very, very well. A little bit disappointed on the movie in this, movie in uh, earnings. Remember, they have different income drivers. The theme parks did very, very well. Then the, the, the movie industry did pretty darn well, but not as good as they thought. And then, of course, there's the ESPN, Disney Channel, the other entertainment that they have. Uh, TV entertainment. So, still done very, very well. And plus, with our new movie out, that big three-hour movie, that's going to make them big bucks. I, I heard that uh, uh, they have some really good lineup of movies coming out. That's probably going to make them a lot of money this year. And next. So, always something interesting out there. Always. You know, I'm, it, it always amazes me that I find it's something interesting every day to read. You know, several something interesting. And I always like to share them. Anyways, you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have already set a date for my return visit to San Jose. I'm usually up there about once a month. I'm going to be there Wednesday on June 12th. And I will meet with listeners to conduct no-cost portfolio review consultations. Maybe, you know, I was thinking maybe next time I'll have Justin go up to the Bay Area and see if people want to meet with him. We'll see. So anyways, that's what I'm open for any appointments there. You know, if you want to set, go to investtalk.com. You want to set up an appointment to meet with me, investtalk.com. Send me an email. Just say you want to meet with me in San Jose. Remember, that's the 12th. That's a Wednesday, San Jose. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Twenty nineteen has already been an exciting time for investors. The economy is strong, the markets are doing well, and you could be too. Start by taking advantage of Stephen Justin's unbiased investing guidance. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call eight 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 ninety nine chart. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Amaka in Cincinnati. How you doing, Amaka? Hi, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Thank you so much for the knowledge uh, to you, to Justin, and the rest of the team. Well, you're welcome. I do have a question for you. Um, Stamp.com. What do you think of that company? Um, it has been falling okay. a lot. Do you think it's a falling knife or there is still some value in that company? I think stamps.com, everybody, STMP, provides electronic postage and U.S. Postal Services for individuals and business via stamps.com. I'm not too keen on the company, Amaka, not because this specific company is in, in terrible trouble. It's not. I think it's a value trap because... I think people are mailing things less and less and less, so they're using less and less stamps because they use the internet and email and instant messaging and different ways to communicate, not by sending out letters and stuff. Just junk mail gets sent out. So I'm not keen on that industry. The company specific, uh, their earnings are going to go down almost 50% this year, then rebound up 33%. They're going to make $7.21 next year, and it's a $36 stock. So um, that means that the PE is like, I don't know, six, which is pretty low. 
Very low. Good return on equity. Sales have been falling, and the most recent quarter was down 2%. Before that, they were up 29%. So before that, they looked really good. They were always up in the mid-20s growth in sales. But the most recent quarter fell. I mean, the growth only is 2%. So I'm thinking that, Amaka, you know the, the book called Creative Destruction. So I'm thinking, well, yeah. what? I mean, whenever I look at a company, I look at a company and say, okay, is this creating something new? Well, at one point it did because you know online mailing and stamps get stamps via you know postal services and stuff. Okay, but now it's that industry is changing. We no longer write letters. We never, we don't even send bills through the, through through uh, you know with a stamp and an envelope. We pay them online. So the business model, I think, is in trouble. So I'd probably avoid it. I would probably avoid it. Thanks for the call, Amica. I appreciate it. STMP is the symbol. You know, we did. I did the um, Investment Academy, and my my last. Not the last class I did, the one before that, was all about creative destruction. We talked about look for companies that are creating new ways, new industry, new products, and avoid companies that look like their their business model is going to shrink. And that's what you're looking at. And, of course, it's not, you know, I wish it was clear cut, but nothing's really clear cut, is it? Anyways, here's the billion-dollar Amazon question. Will its shares reach $2,000 a share? Now, many experts think it will. Yes, the answer is yes. So, no matter how you look at it, Amazon story is pretty amazing, right? You have to say that. It used to be that people would start with Google when searching for things to buy. But now, to get, a, to, get uh, you know, to a great degree, shoppers go straight to Amazon. You know, they go, well, just check it out on Amazon. You don't have to go search the internet to find out where it's on sale. It's always on sale on Amazon. And that's exactly what they want. It reminds me of uh, years ago when you went and made a copy, when you were making copies of something. You didn't make copies of something. You Xeroxed it. Because Xerox was the one who invented the copier. So you would Xerox it. Well, that's what you, Amazon is. You Amazon it. You go get it, buy it on Amazon. Buy, every, buy everything on Amazon. You don't have to check the internet. Just go to Amazon. See, it's it's like a default. Now things do change, but right now Amazon, you know, it's got the got the bull by the horns, right? They do. So Amazon's a great company, but is it a good price to buy? I don't know. This is Vestock, and we're already nearing the end of the second trading week of May. For Investoc listeners, let me remind you that we are in this together. I want to help you get to your goal. For always, always, always financial freedom. So reach out. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Investoc, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to John in Santa Cruz. I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago, John, in Santa Cruz. I like that town. Oh, I wish I could have seen you there. <laughs> um, How you doing? Anyway, uh, I'm good. Um I wanted to ask you about IBM. I'm wondering if the dividend is sustainable and 
at what price you would recommend picking it up. It's a little expensive at the moment. Uh, okay, good. IBM, everybody, yeah. International Business Machines. Provides consulting services, computers, hardware, and software for institutional worldwide. It's a $120 billion company, one of the stalwart tech companies that, you know, it doesn't have much growth. It really does not. So you really, John is right. You want to buy this when it's inexpensive because it pays a 4.8% dividend. And can it maintain that dividend? Yes, it can because it's a $135 stock and it's going to make $14.17 a share. So that means, uh, you know, at 5%, that's about 6 $7 a share, which is about 50% or so uh, payout ratio, which is well within their ability to do, and I'm sure they're going to continue to do it. So you want to buy it when it's cheap. So it's it peaked about recently, about 142, 143, and now it's at 135. So I would give it a little more time. Uh, I, I think you're going to want to buy it not you know for the dividend and i think you'll might get an ex- excess of a five percent if you wait till it comes down a little bit more uh the bottom is about 110 dollars or so i don't think it's going to go down there i expect it to go down to maybe 125 to maybe 130 and that's a that's the area i would pick it up you know if we get down to 122 that wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me either so somewhere in the low 120s would be perfect john okay appreciate okay, the call great. Thank you very much. That's IBM, everybody. Let's go to Molly in Cleveland. How you doing, Molly? Good. How are you? I am good. Thank you for the call. Um, I have a quick question about international paper, IP, and I was wondering if it's a good company and if it's a good time to buy. Okay. It is a very good company, good solid blue chip kind of company, $18 billion in size. Anything over $10 billion is a big company. Okay. And this is 18. It's not mega cap. It's not like Amazon or Apple, which is a trillion dollars in size. Those are just crazily gargantuan. International paper company manufactures print, writing papers, and pulp packaging products, and container board, that kind of thing. They are. They do very good when the economy comes out of recession. That's when they do the best because a lot of packaging and paper and shipping of stuff. And when the economy is mature like us, they usually, like it is now, when the economy is maturing, they usually slow down as far as price appreciation. They're going to make $5.18 this year. That's down 3% from last year. And $5.05 next year, down another 3%. And sales are flat. They're now zero growth on sales, but it's a very reasonably priced stock. It's a five going to make five, a little over five dollars, and therefore the PE is like nine, and the five-year range is seven to twenty, and it has a really good return on equity, thirty-two percent, pays a four point four percent dividend. So I do like it for the dividend. So just like IBM, I think you should wait for a pullback, and I think you can get it at a better price. Well, where would it go? I think it's going to go to around $39, $40, and that's probably where I'd pick it up. If it goes down there and starts to move up from there, I would pick it up then. Okay, Molly? Appreciate the call. Okay, here's what the, here's what may cause the next recession. No one really knows, okay? I don't want you to think we all know, I know, you know, and this writer, Gary Gordon, who wrote this article about he knows, but... I do think, and I do agree with them, this is where a possible bubble has been built. 
And I notice in recent quarters that it's still being built, just at slower pace. Okay, we start with, you know how we had that big recession in 2008, and the Federal Reserve and all central banks around the world lowered their interest rates to zero or below zero. Okay, they were trying to get the economy's boost, get a boost in the economy, so they were really manipulating the 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 the, the uh, currencies and the and the cash that's floating around in the system, trying to get people to you know continue you know, spark the economy to grow it, and they left their interest rates so very low. Corporations started to borrow lots of money because it was practically free, right? Especially corporations that, you know, were not the tier one companies, but even though tier one companies borrowed money too, but the ones who, you know, wanted to see if they can expand and be big, come, become tier one companies instead of being tier two companies and two, three, tier three. So what happened is this wealth effect that this cheap money produce also triggered massive borrowing by corporations. Okay. So, what happens when some of this money becomes due or they, and they have to refinance it? They're not going to refinance at a higher price, higher cost to them. And that massive amount of refinancing debt, corporate debt, could cause the next recession. And that's where their bubble is kind of being built. Tomorrow on Talk, a turnaround on China trade deal could produce a major relief rally. But right now, markets are rallied, are rattled to the downside. So that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow, here on Invest Talk. But now I'm Steve Pease, and I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Ycharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Ycharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Ycharts every day. Ycharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. Ycharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. 
It is official, Steve Peasley has set a date for his return to San Jose, California. Yes, Steve will meet with listeners in San Jose on Wednesday, June 12th. He'll conduct his no-cost portfolio review consultations. If you set an appointment, Steve can look at your investments and then provide individualized and optimized advice. This is the kind of unbiased guidance you'll need to help you achieve financial freedom. You can register at investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're taking your calls now. Step up with questions, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is John from Idaho. Just had a, a research question. On average, how often does the market face a pullback or a correction of, of 5%? Got a little bit of extra cash. Looks like maybe being a little bit more aggressive and using a leveraged ETF to purchase on little corrections and just uh, capturing quick gains, uh, you know, weekly or two-week period. Thanks for the show. Uh, I'll look forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. Well, I can tell you what it is historically, but, you know, history doesn't have to repeat itself. But it used to be you could rely on at least one 10% correction a year in a bull market. You could rely on it. In recent years, it hasn't been that that way. Now, we had a 10% correction last year toward the end of the year. I have a feeling we'll have a close to 10%, but you asked about 5. 5% corrections are more common I don't, I don't remember anybody producing statistics of how often they are, but it is pretty common to have, you know, 2 to 5% pullbacks or corrections along the way in a bull market. You, should, you probably should ignore those as an investor. And if you're a long-term investor and you have a long horizon, you can ignore, ignore the 10% corrections as well. Just keep investing. Probably the best thing to do. Because most people, you know, it's, it's impossible to time the market. It's just impossible. So you know, what you can do is hedge your bets. And you can hedge your bets by using, you know, using cash, you know, rebalancing your portfolio, take a little profit, cut your law, cut the ones, cut back on the stocks or cut, get out of the stocks that haven't worked. And, you know, just, you know, produce some cash. So when you do get that 10% correction, you have money to invest. That's about the best you can do. You cannot time the market. It's impossible. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. Um, more people, according to uh, Fidelity, more people are saving more money in their 401ks. And the quarter one, and the employees in their 401ks saved $2,370. That's up 15% from a year ago quarter of 15%, which is pretty impressive. Now, again, this is according to Fidelity. Um, and employers matched that 2370 They matched it with $1,780 from their employers, which is also up from last year. So the average employee saves about 8.7% of their money. And the average employer matches it 4.7% of that money. So that's good news. You know, saving money is really good news. Uh, I remember when 401ks and IRAs first started, they weren't counted as savings. They were counted as investing. So no one can, you know, the 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 uh, 
official statistics really were distorted. Most people ignored them because they weren't counting the savings uh, in 401ks and IRAs. It was really weird. But now, you know, they do. And, you know, we still are way behind. You've heard me spout out a bunch of statistics about how far, you know, where no one has enough money. A lot of people don't even have enough money to pay, you know, a $1,000 emergency situation. Uh, retirees, baby boomers have, what, $100,000, $150,000? Just not enough. There's just not enough. And this is a good sign that people, some maybe younger generations, are starting to save more and more money, understanding they need it in retirement. And so that's good. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, one, another thing about saving money, it helps the economy. Now, well, of course, you've heard me that say that our economy is 70% or so uh, uh, uh uh, driven by the consumer and the consumer spending money. And we do it. That is true. But also, if the consumer is saving money, that is like, I want to say that's like putting fuel in the gas, uh, fuel or gasoline in your car to make it go. So it's like gasoline to make the economy go. Because that money is not just sitting in the banks, just sitting there. They're doing things with it to try to make more money, lending it out. So, and our, the, the free economic system works best when the money flows. That Really, we fall into recession when that money starts to slow. That flow starts to stop. That's when we move into recession. So we got to be careful. Let's go talk to Sid in North Carolina. How are you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I'm the regular listener, enjoying your show. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing so much information. I have a question about Cognizant okay. Technology Solution. Um, yes. And they had a very bad quarter, quarter one, and looks like the overall the year forecast is also got adjusted. And as a result of that, uh-huh. the stock price has gone down by almost, uh, you know, 14 or $15 in one week. Just like to know, is this yeah. a good point to buy more? I already have a po- uh, position in this, uh, so want to check your opinion and your feedback. Thank you so much. Okay. It probably is oversold. It's uh, Cognizant Technologies. The symbol is CTSH. Provides custom IT consulting technology and outsourcing services for companies. It's a $34 billion company, so it's big. It's going to make $3.95 this year. That's down 11% from last year, and and that's been a problem. But it's going to rebound 10% next year, up to $4.34. So that tells you that the P.E. ratio is right around 12, 13, and that's the five-year low is 13. Return on equity is 24%. So this is probably a good point, Sid. I would wait I wouldn't buy it right now because you're moving into the worst part of the year and you want to make sure that it doesn't have another leg down. You would like to see it move up. So I'd wait a couple of weeks of sideways movement and then finally move up and then you could pick it up because it's inexpensive. It doesn't pay much of dividends. So you're hoping that the price will rebound back to a normal PE range and that would be back up into the low 70s. So that's what you're hoping for. But you need to pay attention to why they had that bad quarter. Was that a one-time bad quarter, or is it going to be a you know an ongoing problem? Was it so? That's what it, you really want to un, really do that research and analyze the bad earnings they just had. 
Thanks for the call. CTSH, everybody. Cognizant. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you're making the right choices with your money in your 401k. Everybody has, well, not everybody, a lot of people have a 401k or a 403b or a 457. And the only difference is 401ks are private employers, and then the other ones are either government employees or, you know, uh, it could be. Uh, uh, Nonprofits, 457s, 403Bs, all those have, you know, based on what kind of employment it is. Okay, but if you need help with your 401k, well, we might be able to do that. We have a math-based system, a model that helps decide where to put the money in your 401k. It depends on your personal risk tolerance, and it gives you suggestions. The system gives you suggestions on what to do based on your risk tolerance and what's happening in the market. We call it the Active 401k Program, and you can go sign up for it if you want on investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is David working in Sonoma for the year. I uh, wanted to ask you guys about a ticker called OUSA. It's a dividend fund, pays out monthly based on high quality, low volatility, uh, and a history of increasing dividends. It's run by Kevin O'Leary, the Shark Tank guy. I really like the monthly dividend payout. Very solid yield that continues to grow, and I have the drip feature on in my Schwab account. Uh, so just wanted to get your guys' to take on that. I'm looking at adding to the position. I'm 31 years old right now. Uh, don't plan on selling any of those for at least the next 30 to 35 years. So love the show. Thank you guys for everything you do, and we'll look forward to hearing your response on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, it's O-U-S-A is a symbol, O-Shares U.S. Quality Dividend. Exchange traded funds seeking investment results corresponding to the FTSE U.S. Quality Yield Factor 5% Capped Index. Of course, we have to figure out what the heck that is, but it sounds like it's a high-quality dividend-paying stocks that are increasing their dividends, like uh, the dividend achievers lists. It's paying a 2.8% dividend yield right now, so that's not the greatest but it's consistent, and it probably will stay that way. And the best time to buy this is on a pullback. But if you're buying on a dollar-cost average base basis, you just keep doing it. You just keep buying it over time. It goes up, it goes down. But when it goes down, you got to think in terms of I'm, I'm buying more shares, and I'm getting higher yield when it goes down. Not that you're losing money, because it'll probably go back up. It, not probably, I almost guarantee it because of the way it's designed. It's going to fluctuate, but it probably has a bias to the upside over any length of period of time. So it'll get your yield, you reinvest those dividends, and you keep buying it, and you can build wealth with, with this kind of account. The problem I see 
is if it does fall sharply in the next recession, you'll stop buying it. And that would be a mistake. You want to buy more when it goes down sharply in the next recession. Okay. O-U-S-A, ETF, dividend-focused. I, I have a short list of uh, uh, dividend-focused ETFs that I like. You know, so anybody who wants that list, you can just send me an email. I'll send it to you. I promise. I will. You got to send me an email, though, so I know who wants it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. Many primary care doctors are closing up shop. They no longer want to be, and they're, they're less and less coming out of college to be a primary care doctor. So in response, did you see that Walgreens is actually opening up little offices in their stores in Houston as a test case? They're, they're opening up little primary care service offices in their store, in five Houston stores. But... What happened is there's been an 18% decline in visits to the primary care doctors over the last four years. And that is it's been consistently declining. And what's picked up is more people going to nursing practitioners and physician assistants. Because those visits spiked up 129% in the same four years. So what's going on? Well, it's pretty easy to figure out. There's a lot more uh, employer-sponsored health care insurance plans that have primary care doctors there. And so that's kind of, you know, eating into the, the standalone primary care doctor business. Doctors are more and more specializing because they can make a lot more money if they specialize instead of being a general practitioner. They have to do that because their cost to achieve their education has skyrocketed over recent years. So they're really big in debt. So if they specialize, they'll get out of debt. If they stay as a primary care general uh, general physician, they make less money. And of course, with the government squeezing them more and more and more, because you know they, the because of the uh, you know Medicare and those programs where they're trying to pay less and less to the doctors. Is, to squeeze more benefits out, if you were a doctor, you don't want to be a general practitioner, especially if you're in college. You you want to specialize. You want to make more money. You know, and I understand that you know most college kids are in trying to become a doctor. I know you want to help people. I mean, that's one of their primary drivers. But you also want to help yourself. You want to make money. From you got to get paid for all that education. So, in specializing helps that. So, we're losing primary care doctors. It's pretty easy to ferret that out, that that's happening. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It really shouldn't. Now, you know that Trump is threatening to increase the tariffs on China by 25%. He already has 10% on them. And China is threatened to retaliate. And we're in the middle of this negotiating kind of battle. Uh, most people thought that it was toward the, the final innings and everything was going smooth. Well, why do we think that? Because we heard from Trump and other people that it was going smooth, except for this week when apparently some of the chi- China tried to back out of already previously agreed, uh, agreed uh, parts of the trade deal. They were trying to renege on what they already discussed, and that's what prompted Trump to say, well, now I'm going to increase the tariffs to 25%. It, to me, it's about a bunch of, uh, it's posturing. 
It's negotiating. And I do think a deal will get through. I do because it benefits both sides. But it'll be at what cost? At what over what cost of the stock market? Because stock market does not like this. They do not feel comfortable. Investors do not feel comfortable. And that's what's happening. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And to do that, we have maybe what 10, 15 more minutes to answer questions. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure your investments are performing as well as they should be? You can find investment strategies and unbiased guidance anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin, a long-time listener. Love the show. I have a question on a fund I've been looking at, BFTHX Growth Fund. It's been showing great returns over quite a few years. Looks to be up this year also. Uh, just wondering what your insight is on it, if it looks like a good purchase and something I can buy for long term and will make me a lot of money. has a good dividend also. Thanks for your insight. Look forward to hearing you for it on the show. Okay, this is the Barron Fifth Avenue Growth Retail Fund, BFTHX. Whenever you have a, uh, any kind of symbol, any symbol with a five letters and ending with an X, you know that's a mutual fund. It is rated by Morningstar as a four-star fund. It is a mega cap uh, mutual fund. In other words, it buys huge companies. They take uh, they take a lot of risk, and but they're only getting about average returns for the high risk that they're taking. Their biggest holding is Amazon at thirteen percent. Then Alibaba, Mastercard, Visa. That that's their holdings. Technology is thirty-four percent of their fund and that's why they've been doing so well recently because in the last couple of years technology the big guys and that's what they buy is the big guys the fang stocks have done very very well so they have been able to ride that wave so long as you understand that you're taking a bit more risk to get you know your average returns and you know there's a lot heavy there's a big weighting in tech then this could be the one that you like okay i'm not saying not to buy it and just saying that's where its weightings are okay uh, but it's a four-star fund meaning you know that four out of five meaning that that Morningstar rates it pretty high okay BFTHX that's the uh, that's the uh, mutual fund called Baron Fifth Avenue Growth Retail Fund Okay, um, what a, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of people that retire early, and there, there's been studies of these early retirees of what kind of lifestyle they have, what kind of problems they have, what what what's the good thing and the bad thing about retiring early, and there's some lessons that you can learn from them, and I'm going to share some of the lessons that they kind of teach. Number one, number one lesson. According to the early retirees, is you got to have remember to have fun. Your life, your life is changing from a work focus to uh, you know a, a relaxed, more 
a quality focus of your life. So you got to remember to take that and have fun. Because some people stress out over this, and if they're stressing out, that's not really a pleasant retirement. They also found that all these early retirees have saved a lot of money, and they saved it very fast. And that's what allowed them to retire. They spent way less. They saved at least 20, 25% of their income for you know, over the years. And they, they did, they, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door. I did a conference, I did a, an investment talk class on that. And um, that, this, a lot of these early retirements meet those criteria about their lifestyle and spending. They are not big spenders. They're not, they're, they're not a very flagrant lifestyle. So, and, you know, one of the things that early retirees, one of the bad things they found is that, you know, they have peer group pressure looking at them that they're, why they're not working. Maybe there's jealousy going there. So the lesson there is to not worry about that. You know, your neighbors are working and you're not. And you're young. And, they, you know, they, there could be a lot of pressure on them. And the number one thing, Figure out what you're going to do with all this free time that's going to be on your hands. You can't just sit around. Now, especially when you retire early, find out what you're going to do with your time. I don't care if it's, I don't know. I talked to a talked to a talked to somebody the other day, and he refurbishes old tractors. He rebuilds them. Now he's not young. He didn't retire young, but you know that's what he does for fun. So try to figure out what you can do that you will enjoy. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions. I really do. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow. I'll be here last day of the week. And remember, we'll also go over some of the highlights in the KPP Premium Newsletter tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.